0: Credit Union National Association,
1: this is the CUNA News
0: Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I'm your host, Craig Sauer, Senior Editor for CUNA's Credit Union Magazine. Today's topic is women's leadership. My CUNA colleague, Michelle Willits, has a conversation with two presenters at a recent women's leadership workshop tied to CUNA's America's Credit Union Conference earlier this summer. Today's two guests, are Brandy Stankovic, senior partner at Mitchell Stankovic and Associates, and Stacey Hunky of Stacy Hunky Incorporated? Stankovic is the first to respond to Michelle's first question.
2: If you had one challenge that you could present to someone to say, this is how to kickstart your leadership and your influence,
1: what would that be? One of the things that came out of our session yesterday is the concept of train the puppies. I refer to it as train the puppies because of the fact that most people can relate to if you've had an old dog or a dog that you've had for a very long time in your life, and then you get a puppy, it's this shock to the system. It's like this puppy running around and, and being crazy and peeing on the carpet and all of that. Well, I find sometimes young leaders or high-energy leaders can have that impact on organization. I've worked with credit unions that say, get me somebody young and fresh and exciting, and then I get them in there and they're like, could you get that person to chill out for a second? And I think that so often that we have to go with that. Train the puppies. Spend time with the next generation. If we want women to be in this industry for the long haul, that it's going to require us to champion the next generation. I want to my new soapbox or something that I'm really passionate about today is in all the young leaders' efforts to go out there and say, young women, I'm going to need you to step up. At the college, I teach um, women in leadership, and, and some of the young women are like, oh, what's that glass ceiling? I don't even know what that is. Which is great, but it's also a problem. It's great because they don't see themselves as having limitations. It's a problem because they aren't working towards it any longer. So one of the greatest challenges that I have, or that I want to give to to all the women that are listening in this industry is you have to, to pass the message. Champion another woman. Allow the, the, the influence to, to go beyond ourselves, beyond the network. Take it to the next level. Train the puppies.
0: <laughs> i recommend they take a step back. I think as a leader, you need clarity of what that looks like. You need to define how truly you want to come across as a leader. I talk a lot about Monday to Monday, I think there has to be that personal brand consistency. I don't know how we can lead anyone if we're not clear on how we want to lead. Number one priority, then the next step is once you figure that out, No matter what point of your career, you've got to always be working on yourself. I look at the team that I lead and the people that I lead and mentor, I want to make sure that the best of me truly shows up every day. There's no way that's going to happen if I don't focus on my own development first. And I find, especially some of the CEOs that I mentor, they come to me because they've fallen into this gap of, now they're the CEO, the CEO is supposed to know everything, or the CFO, whatever your role is, you stop getting feedback. It gets very lonely at the top. And they'll come to me because they know I need to focus on my development first. Mm -hmm. And who I am and how I deliver, how people experience me is going to determine the type of leader I am and who's going to follow.
2: It seems like you need a lot of courage in order to champion yourself Mm -hmm. for a leadership position, to make sure you get the training, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're moving along. Mm -hmm. It takes
0: courage to recognize your weaknesses, and then it takes focus and discipline to make the decision on what you're going to do about
1: it. And sometimes it takes a changing of pattern as well. I frame it as I'm on a lot of Airplanes, as you have to put your own mask on first before you help those around you. And that's exactly what Stacy was just sharing, the fact that if you aren't helping yourself, and engaging and energizing in your own leadership, how are we supposed to pass that message along to other people? And so it is courageous, and it does take a different, a discipline, and it also does take sometimes just shaking up the way that we've done it Mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm.
0: Something I always share with individuals that I mentor is this whole idea of being courageous. It starts with getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I really stole that concept from John Addison. He's the CEO of Prime America. And I shared this in the session. His recent publication is Real Leadership. And he talks about how the only way he got through the 2008 2009 downturn of the economy is you got to get uncomfortable. Because when you're comfortable with being uncomfortable as a leader, those are the times that you're going to grow. That's great. And it's stepping outside of what we know to be true. And that does require vulnerability. I truly believe when a leader does those steps, gets comfortable being uncomfortable, their teams can see that and they admire Mm -hmm. that, which gives that leader that much more credibility and trust with their team.
1: It requires people taking action. So I, I would imagine most organizations would say, I want to be uncomfortable. How many are actually out there executing that is a completely different service or a different concept Mm -hmm. and one thing that Stacey really talked about today in that being uncomfortable or being comfortable in the uncomfortable is it's not just lip service. Get up, get it going, let's make it happen right here, right now and then you can pass along that to other people.
0: It's almost (laughs) as if it's stages of a leader. Mm -hmm. You've got the leader that recognizes the problem does nothing with it. You got the leader that recognizes it, but then takes action, but doesn't share with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And then you got the leader that recognizes it, takes action, and applies it to everyone else, mm-hmm. and shares that <laughs> as a mentor. Mm-hmm. I think as a leader, you need to be a mentor too. Sure. But it comes right back down to, if you
1: don't have influence, your mentoring skills aren't going to be of any use. It's really just talking. It's a dialogue at that point.
2: <laughs> the, presence that you put out there and what people think you are or what you think you are and what they see Mm -hmm. with your personal brand. Mm -hmm. But also, are you walking the walk? Mm -hmm. If you're saying you want to be a leader, are you actually acting in that way? Are you giving yourself that ability to you know, grasp onto it move along.
0: Mm-hmm. And it needs to be consistent. You cannot turn this stuff on and off. Yeah. And that's where I see a significant difference between a wannabe leader slash they've got the title versus
2: someone that truly lives it. Mm-hmm. Words that undermine women's leadership and influence. What are some examples of how we undermine ourselves with our language?
0: We are, and I find it, and when I work with men versus women, I see that women do it more than men, meaning we add filler phrases. You might know more about this than I do, but I may be way off base here, but I have a question to ask. Just ask it.
2: Sure.
0: To be honest with you, I may be way off base here. I know you're busy, but... We, we love to fill. And when I challenge women leaders with have brevity, clarity, get to the point, they will say, well, I don't want to come across aggressive. Be clear on what aggressive communication is versus what being assertive. And having brevity and clarity, that's being assertive. And knowing what do you say that has influence versus what words, what filler phrases are buying time and creating a
1: distraction for your listener to want to listen to you, much less act on your recommendation. I love that concept. I I consider them disclaimers, and they really do discount the message by saying things like, I, I'm not the expert here, or this isn't really my area, or I'm, I'm not really a math person, but, and I find so often that when people say that, it's almost that we're supposed to forgive them for that ineptitude. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're terrible, and now I'm gonna listen? And it almost, it not only is making the message go a different path, but it really is, to your, to your word to begin with, undermining the overall point. And I think that my biggest recommendation for women in leadership, for leadership in general, is the concept of don't let anybody stand on your cape. And I shared the story very briefly of my two kids love to stand on each other's capes. They're little boys and they choke each other out and it's this (laughs) moment of just being little boys. And one time I caught my older son uh, whining about his brother being on his cape. His mask was turned to the side and I walk in and I said, "Hey." buddy your brother's not even in here and it was him that was standing on his own cape and I had this I had this moment of aha and went bingo that's what it is the person that tells me I'm not good enough the most is me Mm -hmm. and there's something to that and words whether it's the diction or language that we choose the stories that we tell ourselves every single day whether it's the, the disclaimers or the phraseology that 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 undermines, that discounts, that to be as focused on the results, as straightforward as possible, call it assertive, call it aggressive, or just call it you. Either way, it's about being as most authentically you as you can and getting out of your own way in the process. Mm
0: -hmm. We're always trying to fill the gap and giving explanation to why we believe what we believe. The fact that you say what you say, you believe it and that's another filler i hear a lot of women use i think i believe i'm not saying to in never mind. use those words yes it's are you using them to have influence behind or are you just using it to sugarcoat it mm-hmm. here it just comes down to focusing focusing on what you're saying and for any of our listeners out there how many of you in any of the conversations that you've had this week you're in the conversation you're really thinking about why am i saying what i am saying now you get into adaptability. There's a whole other level <laughs> of conversations there. But you said it right, Brandy. It's it's getting caught up in your own stuff. I think as a leader, female or male, mm-hmm. what jeopardizes our ability to be the best leader that we can be is ourselves. Mm-hmm. We get mm-hmm. caught up in our stuff and we get in our own way.
2: We're all guilty of it. Absolutely. It's the easy. It's the easy way. It's the it's easy way. It's yes. the old habit that Mm -hmm. you said you have to try every day. It's a pattern you have to break. You have to be brave Mm -hmm. to break the pattern. It could be
1: a protection mechanism. If I say I'm not really a math person, then that means I'm going to put it out there that if you don't like my way, it's okay Mm because I'm not. I already told you I'm not a math (laughs) (laughs) person. So it becomes a way of, of protecting. And it does the opposite.
2: There's a bit of language that I am guilty of using, which is after I say something, I will say, does that sound all right, sound okay? Because I want buy-in. I want sure. to understand whether or not mm-hmm. they have followed through on my, mm-hmm. on my thoughts or my questions. Sometimes even that can feel like I've undermined or mm-hmm. put some question about what I have just put it out there. It's an, interesting, it's an interesting flip on that. Versus saying what you say and that the power of that silence
0: where your listeners are experiencing what they need to experience. I want to use an analogy. There is, I watch comedians a lot. I study comedians a lot. I think the true art of communication is in an effective, successful comedian. There's one in particular, check this guy out, he is a riot, he's a British comedian. His name is Michael McEntry. It's not just his stories that are funny. What is funny is the silence of his pauses when he uses facial expressions, he demonstrates something. That's where the laughter comes into play. But keep in mind, as an audience member watching his show, it's the experience he creates for you. Now let's take that into communication. It's the same concept. It's when we stop and we say less, we net through our message, the pause is where the decisions made, are made. The pause is where they determine how are they perceiving your message, how are they perceiving you. That's where influence really starts to occur. Mm-hmm. It's not always in what you say, it's the experience of that silence of where you really start connecting and engaging with your listeners.
2: Yeah. You have to be brave to be quiet.
1: It takes courage. Three seconds
2: is a long time.
1: It is. Yesterday we talked about the, the National Women's Conference in 1977 and the recommendations that were made then for women to advance themselves in leadership. And one of those was use silence. One of them was also speak up, but one of them was also use silence. And it's interesting because they can be a powerful mechanism together.
0: I think too playing out what you're saying, Brandy, speak up means use the tone, use the voice, make sure that when you speak though, it is worth listening to. <laughs> and then the pause is always at your advantage because you, you constantly have someone at the edge of their chair. They're always waiting for hey, to someone that is so intriguing and interesting and connecting with me. I want to stay connected to learn what
2: comes next.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Keeping that connection can be really challenging when we're in such an electronic format, an electronic world, emails, webcasts, teleconferences, what say you? It's cool to sit across from somebody at a table Mm -hmm. and look them in the eye, but how do you keep your presence up and your influence powerful through an electronic medium?
0: Something I was coached on real early in my career was, this is real common sense, but again, common sense doesn't always mean we do it. The last thing you should enter in your emails is the subject line. Because keep in mind that when they get, your receiver gets your email, it looks like everything else. And it's going to be the subject line that's going to get someone to be curious, intrigued to open your email. And how can you put the subject line in there before you write the message? Hmm. Write the message, yes? Someone also ingrains me, my business coach to this day always says to me, keep in mind that what you put out there, now it's just your words that represents your reputation. Would you mind if Times Square had it hanging up? (laughs) It's taking the time, too, of who really, who are the right people on that email? How many times do we get copied with the entire credit union? thinking I don't even need that mm-hmm. figure out who needs to be on it and then make those emails short and to the point mm-hmm. and always always have a call to action if mm-hmm. there's no call to action I don't think you need to send the email that's a
1: good point mm-hmm. I believe that electronic communication is part of the digital brand and it's something that needs to be managed accordingly mm-hmm. I take the 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 advice from Ice Cube in that you have to check yourself before you wreck yourself and basically because everything in my life revolves around rap lyrics, I don't know about you guys but that in the idea that be aware be to the point, focus on results I always recommend to air formal because electronic communication can come back and people can't read between the lines in the way that they can with body language and other non-verbal communication But the digital brand really plays into the influence that you're saying and how electronic communication is part of that. So I I always reference that in the case of, my brother lives in Boston, and we have a digital relationship, let's be real. He's here maybe once a a year. And so because of that, I take that digital relationship very, very, it's important to me. I give it priority. I spend time within that relationship entirely digital, whether it's text, email, Facebook, et cetera. And so electronic communication plays into that. It is a part of me. It is an extension of me. It's as much me as my hairstyle, or maybe more so because that's the relationship people have with me. So much of business begins and ends electronically. And so the more that we can manage that as part of our brand, part of our experience, the better communicator we will become. Mm -hmm. And air formal.
0: It's so much of your brand because your reputation enters your sender, your readers, your readers, their inbox before you even hit the send button, yes? I think the other piece then is take a step back and is, are there times that you should start hanging up the email and picking up the phone? Okay, sure, yes, yeah. absolutely. Agree. And really, taking the moment, we're, we're living in this digital yeah. world of we're lazy, mm-hmm. and we we're hiding behind it. I truly believe, I think we hide behind email, we hide behind social media, mm-hmm. and there's, to- there's research on this on social media, for example, when you get your post gets automatically liked, there's an endorphin that goes off in you, and people are living off of their reputation and the amount of friends that they have based on how many likes they get. Or text messages, how quickly does someone respond to your text? Well, that doesn't mean that you're connecting and engaging. Taking a step back and really analyzing, based on who this person is, what is the best form of communication for them? Definitely. And based on how I need to influence them, based on
2: my objective, what's the best way to communicate? Which medium? So maintaining your personal message, personal brand, that's one of... The key points of this weekend was building your persona, mm-hmm. finding your persona, and what goes into the discovery of it and the growth of it. What was one of the turning points for you in discovering your persona? What was your light bulb that went on, that started your you on your path to
1: your persona? Just one. <laughs> you can have many That's yeah. it it's an evolution well one of the, the moments for me that stands out and this it seems trivial somewhat however trivial and important in, in my journey when I published the book we had a PR company come and talk to me about my hairstyle and First of all, I don't think they'd ever have that conversation with a man, so so there's that double standard that occurred in it. But in the process of that, have me be acutely aware of how all of those pieces play together into a brand, as well as the digital relationship that we were just, you know, discussing. And so the, having them talk to me about my hairstyle, I went back through the photos that were online and Google and that type of thing, and they were right. My hairstyle was very similar in those moments, because in moments of photo, I just have a go-to, right? Because <laughs> I really don't know how to do my hair that well. And in the in the process of that, it really did open up, and that's somebody's experience again with me. So it's that extension of the digital component. So... For me, a big evolution was recognizing, not just hairstyle, but recognizing the digital impact on my brand. And how people are walking into a room with a thought based on what they found digitally before I have the chance to to create the experience. Mm -hmm.
0: I think mine is really, the very first was the turning point when I saw myself on video, Mm, and through my coach, I remember how disconnected, how can I feel a certain way, yet look completely and sound completely different? (laughs) That's been a constant. That's when I asked just one, that to me is a constant. That never goes away, that there's such a big disconnect. That also ties to, I've I've got two coaches in my life, they've been with me all the way for 15 years, and they're constantly telling me what I don't recognize. And it goes back to, we get so caught up in our own stuff, we don't realize necessarily what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And I think we all, as leaders, I go back to my very first comment when we started on this podcast, is work on yourself. I don't think you can do it alone. Either have accountability partners, people you can trust, have mentors, have coaches, that they're going to be there to constantly always get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's tough to do it on your own. And the higher up you climb, too, as a leader, it just gets more and more lonely. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is the feedback is more and more rare. That's true. Mm-hmm. Unless mm-hmm. you seek it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Another evolution that's happened is inauthenticity. We talk about the generational relationship with authenticity, young people, and being more open to be exposed, or exposure versus publicity versus authenticity, and making the conscious choice of living in a world of being a bit more edgy. So we made a decision as a team that I would go in a place of being my authentic self, which may include cussing or rap lyrics or whatever, and that is a choice to be that to live that of who i am and know that will it be the the flavor for everyone maybe not mm-hmm. but will it be the best flavor somebody else has had? <laughs> hopefully right <laughs> that's what we're going for but that's but it's a conscious choice mm-hmm. and something that we work towards and will continue to reflect on and mm-hmm. stay true to that mm-hmm. that goes back to that consistency piece too it takes bravery to be To keep it up. Vulnerable. You talked about vulnerability today. That when you put yourself out there, when I put myself out there in an authentic way and receive criticism, critique, whether solicited or not, it is coming to a place of vulnerability because of the fact that it's true, it's me. Mm -hmm. That's a characteristic of a leader. I mean, anyone that I study, a true leader, I see
0: them also as true influencers. They, they crave that, mm-hmm. they crave the vulnerability. I know for myself, I love it when I'm not comfortable, because I know it, I'm going to grow during that moment. As long as you recognize it, going back to what you said too, Brandy, mm-hmm. you take action on it. Mm-hmm. If it was so easy, everyone would be leaders, and they're not. <laughs> it's the ones that know it's not going to be tough. Anything rewarding is not easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So any, if you talk to any successful leader anywhere, it did not happen alone, and it did not happen without tremendous hardship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what
2: was the best advice you got when you were starting out? I was always told, don't stop focusing. Mm-hmm. Work hard and never stop marketing.
0: Now, I'm speaking from a standpoint, I run a company. Mm-hmm. I run a good company, company. And it was stay focused, mm-hmm. You're going, to have, you're going to work harder than you've ever worked in your life, Guess the other one that came to it was
1: never stop being humble. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. One of the greatest pieces of advice that I received was in the early 90s, I, or the 1900s, if anybody remembers. The, remembers, last, so sure, the last century. Was get over it. The Eagles came out with "Hell Freezes Over" and they had that song. Your mama's too thin and your dad is too fat. Get over it. Yes, yes. And in that process, there's so much power to that phrase, and it really has become my mantra in a sense that we have to get over ourselves, get over our fears, get over any drama, Mm -hmm. and be able to focus on results, whether it's electronic communication or in person influence or goals to be able to get over it will be will allow us to, to journey further. My very first day of ever teaching ever, I was in front of a group and it was in the time of those transparencies. I feel like in this same over one conversation I have dated myself tremendously, but in the process I had always transparencies and markers and I went up front and I was so excited and I leaned on the table to make a point what I was doing leaning on the tables beyond me, but it fell and crashed and the transparencies went everywhere and markers flew and the whole class was like (gasps) and my neck was turning purple and I was shaking now and I was walking out to my vehicle after that day, thinking to myself, you know, I can't believe this occurred. And then I thought, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. They're gonna go pick up the phone and be like, yo, you'll not believe my teacher did in class today. Well, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Call my friends and be like, yo, you will not know believe what I did in class today. And this moment could be the time where I never teach again or never am effective, mm-hmm. or it can be a time of going, you know what? I gotta shake this off. And that's a story. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be able
0: to use that story. I I think as a leader, the humble piece, I'm constantly sharing with my audiences Mm. the stupid stuff I've done. And I will
1: continue to do
0: stupid stuff. But you just gotta learn from it. And you're right, you're so right, Brandy. One of the CEOs, I think I I learned so much from them. I was asking the one that I was mentoring just a couple of months ago, I said to him, what, what is probably your biggest, what's your biggest takeaway as a CEO? He said, here's the deal, you're never going to have everyone like you. And you are going to tick people off. You have to recognize though what your role is professionally. And again, be very clear on who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And get over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think sometimes from my exposure to women leaders versus men leaders, men can do it a lot quicker. I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. You know, and everyone's going to smile, who's listening to this right now, Anytime two women might get into it, we will hang on to it. it. Now this is stereotyping, this is just big picture, right? But two guys can get in a a huge discussion and they're at the corner local pub that night. (laughs) (laughs) Best of friends again. (laughs) You're right, Brandy, it's just let it go. Mm -hmm. Learn, I mean, if
1: there's something to learn from it, Mm -hmm. yeah, take action on it. And know what's defining you, make a choice choose that in that moment it is all about the choices you make
0: mm-hmm. thanks for listening to the cuna news podcast subscribe to the show on itunes stitcher radio and google play and you can connect with me on twitter
2: at cuna